You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, abortion rights are extremely popular in the U.S. Who knew? I certainly didn't. Republicans shot themselves in the foot with the abortion issue, and now, every time they campaign off this issue, they lose. Now they're starting to connect the dots. Better late than never, I suppose. Self-proclaimed prophet Kat Kerr keeps rewriting her history of prophecy, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch. Let's take a look at her history of rewriting it to make it seem like she knew what she was talking about all along. There's a wing of evangelicalism that seems to be dead set on controlling all of society. The chief propagandist for the wing is a guy named David Barton, and boy does he have some bizarre ideas. Let's talk about how he's connected and some of the more recent lies he's been pushing. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, you can go to my website, oamorgan.com, click contact me in the menu, and uh, send me a message that way. This guy is Teddy Daniels. He is a hardcore QAnoner. Doesn't get more QAnon-y than this guy right here. Uh, he also ran for office. I'm not sure if he actually took his position in office or not, but he has a conspiracy theory for us. I actually got this video from somebody sending an email to me, um, fascinatingly. I apologize that I can't credit you in this video, but... Uh, you know, you know who you are. Put a comment down below and I'll pin it if you see this. Anyway, let's talk about this video. This is a QAnon conspiracy theory that is freaking people out to a degree you can't even imagine. Check this out. I recently obtained this critical intel from the U.S. Congressional Advisory Board. On he, he received critical intel, okay. Homeland Security. According to this intel, Russia... With the Wait, why is he getting intel of all people? Why is this random QAnon nutcase being handed critical intel by Congress and Homeland Security? That's kind of suspect, right? Russia, with the support of China, could soon attack us with an electronic nuclear weapon. Well, they, they, could, they could attack us anytime they want. We could attack them anytime we want. Everybody realizes... The moment anybody attacks anybody else, it, it's going to be the end. It's, you know, that's nuclear holocaust, baby. That's it. Say goodbye to the entire human race. That's why the U.S. doesn't attack China with nukes. And China doesn't attack us with nukes. And Russia doesn't attack anybody else with nukes. Despite all of their bluster about how they want to launch nukes at people or whatever. They never actually take that step. So I'm sorry. Like, I got to stop you there, man. Like. I doubt you even got this special intel, but even if you did, I don't know. I don't know what's so special about this intel, but anybody could attack anybody at any moment. Doesn't mean they're going to. Electronic nuclear weapon. The government doesn't want you to see this congressional report. I don't. Why? Why would you think the government doesn't want you to see this? How did he get it? And why isn't he being like kidnapped or some other nonsense? But as you can see, it says in plain English that this attack could cause a nationwide blackout lasting one year that could kill up to 90% of the American people through starvation and societal collapse. Lots of coulds in that sentence, huh? 
could cause a blackout lasting a year, could kill up to 90%. Let me tell you something about what he's talking about here, okay? He's talking about an electronic nuclear weapon, uh, as he said a minute ago. It's called hemp. And this is a real thing. High altitude electronic uh, electromagnetic pulse. It's basically launching an EMP bomb from a very high altitude. This isn't classified. This isn't like a big secret. We've known that this type of technology exists for like a really, really long time. As a matter of fact, when you drop a nuke, you have a massive wave of EMP. EMP is just a massive charge of energy shot in one specific direction, like a, a, a gigantic burst. It's like a lightning strike hitting your telephone pole and shooting through your house and, and you know shorting out all of your equipment. That's basically what EMP is, for lack of a better description. It's not exactly like that. It, you're sending a burst of light across the spectrum, you know, from microwaves all the way up and down the spectrum. You're trying to shoot it in a directed beam, basically. And he's saying that they have a big nuclear weapon that doesn't actually detonate a bomb. It just shoots like the EMP wave. Now, there's a little hole in this problem for him that he's describing here. First of all, this technology has existed for a very long time. And the U.S. and every other country out there has built the infrastructure out to protect against that kind of thing. All you have to do to prevent an EMP shockwave from affecting equipment is put shielding in it. To prevent the waves, the gamma waves or, or whatever else from affecting it. If you have unprotected infrastructure, it can take down the power grid, certain power grids for a short time or permanently damage them so they have to be replaced. That's it. That's all that happens. It's not like it takes it, it blacks it out for one year. You just have to, at worst, replace the power lines. People replace power lines all the time. Okay, it wouldn't be anything like what they're describing here. That's the first little problem. The second little problem is nobody's doing this. It would be World War III. But okay, let's listen to him fearmonger like wild about this intel that he re received that isn't even intel like everybody knows this technology exists unlike traditional weapons we won't feel any blast on the ground and there will be no mushroom cloud well if it was powerful enough to knock out our electronics completely for one year it would kill human beings too if it was that powerful so he's just he's wrong on every single thing he's saying here instead this is a silent, untraceable bomb that's detonated above the atmosphere in outer space. It's called HEMP, or High Altitude Electromagnetic Pulse. It silently emits. Again, like, these are weapons that have been theorized and worked on in the past. Who knows, maybe the U.S. military has one. Maybe the Russian military has it. Like, I don't know. But if somebody dropped one of these on somebody else, it would be the end of everybody. You can sit here wringing your hands over a nuclear holocaust all you want. I don't know what that accomplishes. I live in New York City. I'm like the, the prime target. When nuclear holocaust comes, this guy is going to be first to go, okay? I don't sit here worrying about that every night. It's either going to happen or it's not. 
I'm going to move on with my life. But that's not useful to build in a sense of fear in everybody that you talk to. So QAnon, naturally, is going to try to convince you that it's happening any five minutes. Just like they talk about the, you know Armageddon from the Bible happening any five minutes now. This is QAnon's end of the world event, I guess. Again, it wouldn't be 365 days. You just have to replace the power lines. That's it. And probably not even all of them because we're shielded from that stuff. Silently amidst enhanced gamma rays potent enough to shut down America's power grid and fry all electronics across the entire country. No, no, completely false. He has no idea what he's talking about here. The report concludes. For the record, the United States has been working on a directed energy weapon that uses EMP, like an EMP beam that can be shot in a specific direction to disable vehicles and uh, weapons and things like that. But, you know, there are ways to shield against it, and it's just really, really difficult to accomplish. I honestly don't see this ever being a problem for us in our day-to-day lives this is not happening they might as well just drop a nuclear weapon on us if they wanted us to die like that they just drop a nuke those are way easier to produce and they cause the same effect the report concluded that the blast will black out our entire electric grid and other critical infrastructures with a single blow it could plunge our nation into darkness for 365 days i don't know where he's getting this 365 days thing from It's just like one big burst that fries a whole bunch of equipment that isn't shielded, and then you need to replace that equipment. Simple as that. Or or a lot of that equipment will just come right back on, like online. You ever been sitting there, your power goes out in your house, and then comes right back on? Like you're you're sitting there working on your computer, your power goes out, your computer turns off, and then it turns back on? That's probably what would happen to most things. I researched this pretty heavily. That's my understanding of it. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong about anything in the comments. I'm very confident about all of this. If I'm wrong about something, I'll pin a comment to the bottom. So just go check the the comment there that's pinned to the top. If there's nothing pinned, then, you know, no objections that were legitimate. Most Americans have no idea how bad things can get under this kind of extended power outage so he's just spent his time convincing you that this could happen and it's going to happen any five minutes now and now he's going to tell you the consequences of it okay so let me spell it out for you because it would have deadly implications for you and your family you see the moment this bomb is detonated you'll instantly lose cell phone and internet services and then it'll come back up within a couple of minutes probably most of it no phone no TV, no radio. For like five minutes. No internet. Nothing. That means you can't call 911. Okay, so radio wouldn't work for a while. That's correct. But it would come back up after that EMP burst cleared. We actually discovered that this was a problem originally. At the very least in the 90s. I don't know. It may have been sooner than that. But I remember when I was little. My dad owned this little computer repair shop in the 1990s. I was four or five or six years old, maybe somewhere in there. No, I was I was four or five. I remember going to his little shop. It was pretty cool. Anyway, 
he repaired computers back in the day before they were popular. <laughs> and um, there were periods of time where he would get like tons and tons and tons of phone calls coming in. Hey, my computer is doing this. It's doing that. It's doing this. It's all the same stuff. The answer, there was a, a solar flare. There was a sunspot that was causing interference with electrical equipment. Seriously, this is something that we've known about for a very long time. All you have to do is shield your electrical equipment about it, and boom, you're good. As Robert Adset points out, idiots shooting transformers are a more immediate threat. Absolutely, 100% correct. Domestic terrorists, like, for example, QAnoners and others on the far right, have been hitting electrical substations. That is a much bigger threat. It's a much more likely threat, at the very least. Now, I... I understand that this hemp thing exists, this high-altitude EMP shockwave. It probably exists. It's been theorized. It's been worked on. It's not going to happen, okay? It's about as likely as a nuclear bomb. And why wouldn't they just drop the nuke if they're going to destroy society like that anyway? You can't call firefighters or the cops. Heck, you won't even know where your local police are or even if they still exist. But thanks to my training... In military intelligence, I've obtained some controversial information. That I Did you catch what he just said? Listen again. But thanks to my training in military intelligence. What training? What training did you receive? This guy actually did. He was infantry in Afghanistan and was in a firefight and was shot in the leg. Almost lost his leg. They had to do an operation and he ended up being fine at the end of the day, but he did a whole thing on Tucker Carlson's show where they showed the video of it, and blah, blah, blah. Infantry, remember? Infantry. What is he talking about? He, secret military intelligence something something? What are you talking about, man? I've obtained some controversial information that I believe every American patriot deserves to know. Again, this is not hard to access. I mean, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and right there it is. Oh, is he selling something? I hear you asking. Stuck in neutral asks specifically. He's trying to make himself more reputable. He's selling his influence, basically. He has courses that you can access that will teach you how to survive the 365 days, basically. He's trying to get you to come to his website, to his YouTube channel, and to his whatever else, so that he can make money off of the ads while he explains to you how to survive. First and no. So in the next few minutes, I'm going to show you how the Biden administration is lying to you. But the Trump administration wasn't. See, Biden is, Trump wasn't. Right, okay. About this imminent risk and putting your life and the lives of your loved ones in danger. But Trump didn't do that, just Biden. I'll show you irrefutable evidence that the U.S. blew up the Russian Nord Stream pipeline. And that... Ru okay, that's nonsense. That that's already been adjudicated. I don't know how, long, how old this video is. The U.S. did not blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. So, I, I mean, I think we can take this as proof that this guy's a liar, right? I, as if we needed more. That the U.S. blew up the Russian Nord Stream pipeline. And that Russia is preparing for a counterattack with this nuclear electronic weapon. <laughs> Jesus, dude. This happened, like, forever ago. This video must be, like, old as sin, right? And he left this up. This is, this is an embarrassment. He said he had 
irrefutable proof that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipeline and Russia was preparing for a counterattack with this weapon. And here we sit. This is a joke. According to this official congressional report, if you ignore this message and do nothing, there's a 90% chance that you and your family could die within the first year of the attack. You this fear-mongering stuff is just ridiculous. You won't be able to call anyone for help or even check on your loved ones. All electronics will be turned into junk. You'll have no AC, no heating, no refrigerator. Just ramp that fear up as much as you can. This is insane, dude. This is absolutely insane. Fascinating to see how the mind of a QAnoner works, though, isn't it? This just blows me away, man. Banks will shut down. ATMs and credit cards won't work. There's your reason to keep cash or gold or copper, preferably. That's the QAnon line. You should be keeping precious metals around because when everything goes to hell in a handbasket, you're going to need those precious metals to trade for food. Which means you won't even be able to take your own money out of the bank. You won't be able to drive your car either. You see, modern cars and trucks. Oh my God, dude. He's just, here's a reason not to use hybrid cars or more fuel efficient or better cars in any way. You shouldn't use modern cars at all. You should be using an old car from back in the day, you know, uh, 30 years ago. You know, I used to ride this old F-250 around. I think it was a 250, maybe a 350. It was huge. Big black Ford. I used to drive that thing around. And I remember one time uh, I was I was driving it with with my kid, Kylie, you know, and we stop at a stoplight and there's a literal fire coming up out of the hood. I was like, holy <laughs> we jump out. I turn it off, we jump out, and it, you know, when I turned the key off, it stopped. It turns out, it was my brother's car, actually. He had rigged up this system for towing a trailer, and he just ran the clamp from the battery all the way underneath and up to, like, the, the bed of the truck, and <laughs> that wire was exposed and hitting up against stuff and lit a fire. Anyways, Jesus, dude, that thing was a clunker, but the point here is that one time my alternator went out on that thing. And if you don't know what happens when an alternator goes out, your lights and, it, you know, dashboard lights and headlights and everything, it all starts to dim real slowly. And before you know it, your wheel locks up, can't turn, and then the car just turns off, and that's it. Except in those older vehicles, the ones from the 90s. I think this is a 91 F-250 or something. It was... 100% automatic like all of it it didn't have any components that that like relied on the electronics in it it was a manual transmission it was a standard that I was driving around so standard transmission I didn't even need to the battery to turn it on I could just kickstart it you know you get the the vehicle moving physically get it moving about five ten miles an hour going downhill or something, you pop the clutch and put it into gear and the, the engine lights up on that thing. So I'm driving along and I, I'm seeing my lights dim more and more and more until they're completely off. And I'm like, oh my God, my, my truck, I got to get off the interstate. The truck's about to turn off. This has happened before. Okay. And so I, I turn off the interstate. I'm, I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen any second. And I drive just the normal route all the way home. Like 
I don't know, 10 miles home. I just kept driving. I'm like, when's this thing going to turn off? It never turned off. You know why? It literally doesn't rely on electronics at all. Anywhere along the line. No electronics necessary for that truck to run. And that is the fear campaign this, this guy is trying to build into people. Modern vehicles shouldn't be used. You should be using old standard transmission vehicles that run on carburetors and don't need alternators at all except to run your headlights. These people are just ridiculous, man, honestly. I mean, it's absolutely shameless, the fear campaigns these people go through to convince people that they have the answers to all of their problems. Anyway, let me know what you think. Hey, Owen. This is uh, Josh LaRue from Arkansas. Uh, I just wanted to let you know at my job today, I overheard a soldier speaking with another customer, and the soldier said that he had been in Ukraine and that we should be supporting Russia because Zelensky is a liberal terrorist like Biden and that he would be honored to fight for Russia against someone like him. Very scary, like down here in the middle of MAGA country. He also said the country's doomed if Trump isn't reelected, and it just makes me wonder how many more soldiers are thinking like this. I actually have a YouTube channel called the Slash Tracks Network. Um, I've commented on a few of your videos. I uh, hope you have a good day. Very scary stuff, though. Appreciate that. I actually got the alert when you first commented because your channel is over a certain size. It automatically sends me an alert when that happens. So I, I checked out your channel. It's pretty cool stuff. I appreciate you uh, leaving comments. Yeah, um, as, as we've seen already, there are a lot of soldiers out there like that. Teddy Daniels is one of those soldiers previously, at the very least. He's not in anymore. I think he's entirely too, how do I put this nicely, physically unfit to do the job at this point. Not that I'm physically fit to do the job. I'm certainly not. I'm just saying he's he is not physically fit for this. Anyway, there are a lot of soldiers out there. Oh, yeah, here. This is the video of Teddy Daniels. This is where he got shot. I cut it off before the shot of He's actually in Afghanistan. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, I, I've never actually seen video like that before. Now you know. Yeah, the point is there are actually a lot of soldiers out there like that. However, the overarching military command structure is not... It's still in favor of democracy, as far as I can tell. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, the generals and the admirals and the everybodies are still in a position where they believe they should follow their oath to the Constitution, and their interpretation of that is to protect democracy and to take orders from the president, the duly elected president, the guy that's sworn in on January 20th. And when Trump tried to take over in 2020, it failed, at least in part because the military refused to break their oaths to help him. So yeah, there are some nutcases out there that should not be in the military. On the other hand, there are a lot of good people in the military, though I think the military brainwashes people. In fact, I don't think that it does. It brainwashes people. It's an explicit goal, and I don't think that's great. But uh, there are a lot of good people out there, and the overarching command supports the Constitution, it seems to me. So take that for what you will.
Hello, Owen. This is um, Ron from Tennessee, and I was just talking about um, how people are turning against Biden, Biden because he's um, well. It's a big thing how he's supporting Israel and everything. But when you think about it, I mean, you rather support Trump, who's been indicted four times, well, more than four times, and then just because. Biden says something you don't like. You really want to put this whole country in turmoil just because of that. Yeah, and not voting for Biden is a vote for Trump. I just want to insert that in there. Just to add to your point, if you don't vote for Biden, you're voting for Trump. And like Michael Steele said, um, if Biden is being tied with Trump, then he is doing something wrong. And I was just wondering your opinion about that. Um. If you if you want to, but um, thank you very much. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. I've seen that that Biden's poll numbers don't look very good at this immediate moment in history. We will see how things change over time. He may have soured on some people because of his re response in Israel and his response to the whole everything, all of that stuff. That may have soured some people on him, but. In a year, I don't think anybody's going to pay attention. My wife said the same thing. I just, I, I don't think people are going to remember this. People have a very myopic view of things, and they're not going to think about what happened 12 months ago, almost certainly. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, it's absolutely ridiculous for people to choose not to vote for Biden because of some ridiculous thing, some stupid interpretation of his actions or whatever, when the alternative is Donald Trump, you're voting for Donald Trump in that case. But I don't think it's going to have an effect long term. We'll see. Thanks for the uh, voicemail. Uh, got an email from Stefan. Hey, I don't know if you know, but you may have accidentally copied this week's podcast with last week's. I did not know that. Thank you for telling me. I fixed it. Sorry about that. I did not mean to do that. Yeah, if you guys didn't know I have a podcast, it's on every podcasting app on the, the app store, you know, iTunes and SoundCloud and everything else. So, yeah, you can check that out if you want. It's just edited, cleaned up version of my Fireside Chat channel, so with no video. This email is from Joshua. Dear Owen. I really thought you cared. I messaged you a while ago, inviting you to discuss Israel. You never answered. I'm not sure where you messaged me, Joshua, or Josh. Can I call you Josh? I hope so. I'm going to. I don't know where you messaged me, Josh. I pretty much have no connection to, like, DM people, except for, like, texting, like, my wife or my kid, because there are so many people literally thousands. I can't keep up with DMs. I tried. I tried to keep up with them. At about 50,000 subscribers, that was the point at which I just couldn't anymore. It's literally impossible. So I set up situations in which I can communicate with people less directly in groups. Like I hold a voice chat in Discord before my Sunday night streams every week without fail for five years or something. 
If you want to get into that, you can talk to me. Just go to Discord, my Discord, and get in at about 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night, and I'll be there. That's a good way to talk to me. Or send messages in my live chat. That's pretty good, too. I just don't have DMs open. Or send me a message like this. This is also good, you know. Send me a voicemail. That's a good way, too. I checked that. So anyways, I'm sorry you feel like I ignored you, but I just like literally don't even look at DMs because there are, are so many thousands. I had considered doing what others do, other you know content creators, and hiring somebody to curate the DMs for me and, and respond on my behalf, but it's not really the same in that case, so I just said I'm not going to bother with that. Anyways, let's keep listening, or let's keep reading here. I've been following you for years. I'm a better atheist and a better person thanks to you. I appreciate that. But you hurt me. You call Israel an apartheid state. It is an apartheid state. You called us murderers. Who is us? I said the Israeli government is a, a murderer. Um, collectively, the Israeli government. Are you including yourself? Are you? Is this secretly Netanyahu? calling in or writing in to me? You blame Israel for the situation when Hamas calls for the extermination of Jews. I don't blame Israel 100% for the entire situation. I do blame Israel for bombing apartment buildings and hospitals indiscriminately in Gaza. I do blame Israel for the 62% women and children death rate in Gaza. I do blame Israel for cutting power to Gaza and clean water just to citizens. That is wrong. Anyway, let's keep reading here. Yeah, Hamas bad. I agree. Yes, it's bad. I don't like Hamas. I wish Hamas didn't exist. I, I wish ISIS didn't exist. I, I consider them the same. I don't like ISIS. I don't like Hezbollah. I mean, I can, yeah, the whole big list of things. But you know what? They're terrorists. That's what we expect terrorists to do. And that's why our militaries battle terrorists. But I expect more of an official government that has the backing of the United States. I expect more of a government like that that's getting funding from the U.S., my tax dollars are going to this government that is using them to kill people. Innocent people who didn't do shit to anybody. Anyway, keep reading. You always called out anti-Semitism. Absolutely did. Anti-Semitism is wrong. I admired you for it. You yourself know what it is to be persecuted. Yes, I do. But you have fallen like so many on the left. How have I fallen? I don't understand. You've fallen for anti-Israel propaganda and lies told by Hamas, blank, and infant killers. So Israel is not going into Gaza, is what you're claiming then. Is that your position? You don't think that Israel is doing any attacks or any anything? They're just leaving Gazans alone completely? I don't understand. What's the anti-Israel propaganda here that I've fallen for? Uh, again, Hamas bad. I agree. Yes, they're they're terrible. I have no choice but to unfollow you. This saddens me, but I cannot in good conscience support you. 
By repeating falsehoods about Israel, you hurt me and every Jew in the world. I shouldn't. Why does me criticizing a government in the world have anything to do with Jews? The only way that it has anything to do with Jews is if you view it as an apartheid state. If you view me criticizing Israel as criticizing Jews, you believe that it's an apartheid state. Oh, and um, not every Jew in the world. There are lots and lots of Jewish people that are not offended by my pure disgust in what the government is doing. You never responded to my first mail, so I understand that you're not interested in the truth. Goodbye. I didn't get your first email. I'm sorry. I can't hit everything. I try. I really do. I just can't. It's literally impossible. What about all of the Jewish people protesting what Israel is doing right now? Are they hurting every Jewish person in the world also? This is an extremist TV show here, Flashpoint, interviewing Marjorie Taylor Greene. The protesters you're about to see are Jewish people protesting what Israel is doing in their name. Where you were yesterday, watch. See the signs, never again for anyone. This is a Jewish group that we're looking at here, protesting on behalf of Palestinians on Gazans. Gene, these were not simple Jewish protesters. You can see from that video right there, they were organized, they were orchestrated. Anyway, they're going to fearmonger about it. Lots and lots of Jewish people protesting on behalf of the innocent Gazan civilians who didn't do anything to anybody. So I don't. I don't think that I agree with you that I'm hurting every Jew in the world. I don't I think that they agree with me by and large. I don't know I, I'm I'm sorry that you feel like I ignored you. That was not my intent. I just can't respond to everybody. I try. But um your position is batshit insane. Please come back to reality. I'm begging you. I agree. Israel government terrible. This guy is off. I appreciate that, Cootmaster. It's just like I don't want anybody to be, like, upset with me or, or whatever. I, it, it, I'm not trying to, like, ignore anybody. I want to hear valid criticism. I want to hear any criticism so I can pull it apart, talk about it. This guy, I, he gave me his best criticisms here, and I feel like they all fell flat. Eric Wander, welcome. Hello, Owen. Have you reacted to Pastor Eric Damon's story about him punching a kid in the chest? Look for it. I don't think I've seen that. There was a young man in, in Calvary. Uh, his name was Ben. And I was running a youth group. I was there for a few years. And um, he was just, he was a nice kid, but he was one of those kids that was always just, he's a real smart aleck. Was just, okay, I don't like where this is going already. Was, was a bright kid, which didn't help things, right? Made him more dangerous. And we were outside one day, youth group. And uh, he was just, just trying to push my buttons. And he was just, you know, kind of not taking the Lord serious. Wow, that really pushes buttons to ask questions about beliefs, huh? The gall, right? And I walked over to him and I went, bam! I punched him in the chest as hard as I, I crumpled the kid. I just crumpled him. Is he admitting a felony right now publicly? 
because somebody asked a question about God, presumably. I don't know. Isn't that what you're supposed to do with pastors? Holy shit, bro. And I said, I leaned over and I said, Ben, when are you going to stop playing games with God? I led that man to the Lord right there. I bet. Led that man to the Lord. There's times that that might be needed. No. There was no, no. That will never be needed, okay? Physical violence is something that Jesus explicitly and specifically condemned. Don't enact physical violence against people. What is wrong with you? Let me see. Is there more on this one? I just crumpled them. And I said, I leaned over and I said, Ben, when are you going to stop playing games with God? I led that man to the Lord right there. There's times that that might be needed. <laughs> Can some of us say, you know what? If it wasn't for God kicking my rear, I wouldn't be here. Okay, when people say kicking my rear, they usually use that figuratively. This guy is admitting to a felony on tape. What is wrong with this dude? I've seen people, it literally took, sadly, a physical beating to come to the Lord. It should never come to a physical beating to come to the Lord. That is psychotic, okay? Come back to reality. And, and don't punch anybody else. I'm begging you. That is nuts. You know what? Punch people. Do it. See how that works out. I'll have the cops on speed dial. See how it goes. Jesus, dude. And I see here, it seems like these kids are just regurgitating Bible verses. I want to know if you really understand what it is that you are preaching. Yeah, this is an old Oprah clip where this kid reveals that he is absolutely indoctrinated and doesn't understand a thing that people tried to drill into his head. He's just repeating things. <laughs> these poor kids, dude. I feel so bad for them. But the sad thing is they're going to grow up to be absolute nutcases hateful extremist bigots they never had a chance man they never had a chance you're not on mic so this, this student's an a know, student in me, the school could you maybe give me a bible verse oh that doesn't mean interpret anything? it or something yeah, yeah could you yeah. show us you know what you're talking about show us it's not just stuff that people have been jamming down your throat could you preach for us and let us and then tell us what it is you mean mm -hmm. could you duffy could you in your own word yeah. yeah, whatever you want to do. I mean, they're, they're all just a bunch of nutcases, all of these people. Okay. Well, there's a verse. There's a verse. You want them to preach? Yeah, yeah. Get up and preach. Get up and preach. Yeah, go ahead. Stand up right where you are if you want to. Go ahead. You want, Jeffy, do you want to preach? If you want to. If you don't want to, the audience to, don't... shouldn't be able to intimidate you into this. If you want to do it, it's up to you. Just let the kid preach. Damn, come on. Whosoever, therefore. What does that mean? And of my words uh, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also. Okay, I, I feel like some of those words made sense, but not next to each other. I'm not even sure what he's saying. I caught sinful generation and adulterous, but what was the rest of that? Thou, the son of man, be ashamed. Oh, 
Okay, that did not make any sense at all. Like literally none of it. Is it just me or is this kid like completely oblivious to what he's saying? Okay. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute, please. People want to know what that means that you just said. Thank you. It means nothing is the answer. In your own word, tell us what does that mean? It means just what it says. It means nothing. What's he supposed to say to this? He knows it means nothing. They know it means nothing. Like, there's no answer here. I love that Oprah is just drawing this out and making a pretty clear point here. Don't yell at, don't yell it to us. Tell us what, what that means. I've never read the Bible, let's pretend, and I don't understand that type of um, language. Tell me how, it, how that applies in my own life. Well, um, why I'm screaming is... Um, the Bible definition of preaching is Isaiah 58.1. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Stay away from the Bible, Duffy. Tell us Tell you know. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't understand. Like, it, it, does it even say that? And how does that apply to anything at all? Lift up your voice like Isaiah 58.1. It says, Isaiah 58.1. I'm just super curious. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Okay, he was right. He actually quoted a Bible verse. Okay, that's something. Unfortunately, the other stuff he said did not go next to each other. It didn't make any sense. Can he explain that? Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Stay away from the Bible, Duffy. <laughs> How do you stay away from the Bible if you're going to preach, though? The Bible says you're to speak as the oracles of God. Uh -huh. If you don't want to talk the way this Bible talks, you should keep your mouth shut. Okay, well, the Bible doesn't talk at all because it's a book. You read the Bible. <laughs> we still look, but you understand what people are saying. They want you to interpret what you just said, Duffy. The Bible says does not interpretation belong to God, Genesis. Oh, give me a break, dude. Just tell us what you mean. He meant nothing. It was garbage. All of it. It was trash. He didn't, those words did not go next to each other. And everybody on stage knows it, and everybody in the audience knows it. Ask him to repeat it. Tell us, do it again. Try again. Give us the exact same words that you gave us, and tell us what they mean as you say them. They can't do that, because everybody here knows it's bullshit, all of it. And it is so sad. Like I said at the beginning, these kids had no chance. They were born into a family who was going to f*** their head their entire lives and here he is sitting on oprah screaming at a crowd words that don't have any relation to each other and can't even tell us what they mean when he gets older well he's older now this is a super old clip i don't know where he is but i would bet money he is either an atheist or an extremist evangelical nutcase this is chapter 40 read it I understand that, David. What we're saying is, though, Duffy, do you understand what you just said? Could you put into your own words what you just said? Um, no, he can't. Yeah, I know what it means, but I just can't. Please let him speak, yes. Um, means, um, well, I know what it means, but it's just hard to understand. But you got to um, realize that the prophets were out there saying, Thus saith the Lord, and um, they didn't even know who, who it was. They didn't understand what they were saying. Wait, you're telling me that you, you just prophesied? So he's saying he doesn't understand what he's saying. He's just saying that God spoke through him, used him as his mouthpiece on earth. 
This is so sad, bro. This kid had no chance. This is one of the biggest problems in the United States, in my opinion. The fact that people are using children as pawns in a game and brainwashing them and, and manipulating them into spreading their own message. The kid doesn't even know what he said. This is just sad. Let me know what you think in the comments, man. Next up, abortion rights are extremely popular in the U.S. Who knew? I certainly didn't. Republicans shot themselves in the foot with the abortion issue, and now every time they campaign off this issue, they lose. Now they're starting to connect the dots. Better late than never, I suppose. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Mike Johnson on screen. He's the new Speaker of the House at this immediate moment. I'm sure a lot of people probably already heard of him. This guy's completely out of step with the rest of society. He is so extremely anti-abortion, it's insane. And as we've learned over the past couple of years now, after Roe v. Wade was removed and individual states put up to a vote whether or not they should have abortion rights. As we've learned over that stretch of time, the country overwhelmingly wants abortion rights. Even a large percentage, a surprisingly large percentage of Republicans want abortion rights. And it seems to be kind of breaking through these people's thick skulls at this point that that's the case. Ohio voted on whether or not they should add abortion rights to their state constitution, and um, they voted overwhelmingly, yes, they, they should add it to the state constitution. And I guess Republicans just can't accept that for some reason. Every single time abortion is on a ticket, it overwhelmingly votes to the left. It overwhelmingly votes in favor of abortion rights. Sean Hannity here and these other Republicans are starting to realize every time they try to push the abortion issue, they lose. They lose election after election. Listen to what they had to say here, early November 2023. I'm really going to be honest about this, and I consider myself pro-life, but I understand that's not where the country is. Uh, I would Republicans starting to realize that's not where the country is. That's good news. Finally, after how many years, they're starting to realize this. Uh, I would say first trimester or Dobbs 15 weeks seems to be where the country is, Kaylee. I want to stay with you on this issue. No, I'll tell you where the country is. I'll tell you exactly where the country is. Right where Roe v. Wade was, which is 20 weeks. Why are they saying 15 weeks? The reason they're pushing 15 instead of what Roe v. Wade was is because they want to make it more strict than Roe v. Wade was. They can't give up on the idea that Roe v. Wade was perfect. It was a good law. They, they insist on pushing the idea that they were right all along, no matter what. They were right to remove it. It should be more strict than Roe v. Wade, even though the country wanted Roe v. Wade. Even when they're ceding ground and stepping away and saying, okay, I can see it's not popular, even when they're doing that, they can't admit to the fact that they were wrong for the entire thing. This issue. 
and and these issues will be decided by the states. You asked, you talked to the Speaker of the House. I talked to Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. We're going to listen to what he had to say about this in a second, right? So Hannity and uh, Kaylee McEnany, I think is this woman's name. She was Donald Trump's press secretary for a while, I believe. They're saying they spoke to Speaker of the House Mike Johnson about abortion issues, okay? You asked, you talked to the Speaker of the House. I talked to the Speaker of the House. It is not going to be an issue in in the House of Representatives. This is not going to be decided any longer in Washington, D.C. The states will decide. You know what that means? What they're saying is they're walking away from the abortion issue. They realize that this is toxic for them, they being Republicans, the Republican thought leaders like Sean Hannity and other think tanks. They realize how toxic this is, and they realize the fact that they're going to keep losing. Every time abortion is on the ticket, they lose every single time. I'm just eating this up. This is good news. We have something to celebrate. The country overall has always been in favor of abortion rights, has always wanted Roe v. Wade to stay in place the entire time. And Republicans were using it as a funding mechanism all the way through clear to now. They've been using it as a method to garner support with their base. You know why? Because it makes people fanatical. If they think that actual real literal murder is taking place on a systemic level, they will crawl over broken glass to solve the problem. In reality, that's not what's happening. In reality, abortion is a extremely important for the health of a society to have access to this and b not murder it's simply a clump of cells up to a certain point i understand that there's a line there somewhere where things should be a lot you you should be more careful and take the decision more seriously i get that but the supreme court back in i don't know when was it the 50s 60s 70s 80s when they were adjudicating this stuff they determined that it was at viability, about 20 weeks. And that's a perfectly fine line for me and pretty much everybody else. 20 weeks. Just barely into the second trimester. So Hannity here says the states will decide. And he's convinced Mike Johnson to leave it alone, the Speaker of the House. Don't touch the abortion issue. This was an extremely valuable source of funding for them. And it, it truly blows me away that they argued to end abortion or whatever so fervently i got to thinking about it like why how did this happen i was so convinced republicans weren't actually going to stop abortion they're just going to scream about it and get, make money from it this whole time and i think that the explanation here is there are two different parties working here and they're not necessarily working with the same goals. So we have the Republican Party, say um, Sean Hannity, or Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, or whoever. The politicians are working to fundraise off this issue. And then we have actual boots-on-the-ground activist organizations who are filing litigation and sending in amicus briefs and doing everything that they can, setting up fake pregnancy centers to try to trick women into waiting too long so they can't get an abortion anymore and, you know, getting violent at protests and things like that. 
that's the kind of thing that the, the boots on the ground organizations have been doing up to now. So while these politicians are fearmongering about it and building their coffers out with the donations that they get over this issue, there are actual real activists trying to get things done to stop abortion. And those activists, at the end of the day, they won out. This is the dog that caught the car for the politicians. This is like the worst nightmare for the Republican Party. It couldn't be worse for them right now. And I guess they've realized that and started backing off this issue like ridiculously. Let me tell you where Speaker Mike Johnson is. Let me, let me just show you. After Roe v. Wade was done away with, after it was removed, Republican politicians around the country went on a victory tour and started talking about what they were coming for next. This is uh, an interviewer that's interviewing this woman right here. This woman was running for office and was endorsed by Donald Trump, and she lost in her election. Why? Because removing abortion rights was extremely unpopular. But they were convinced that it was popular because the Supreme Court removed it, and of course the Supreme Court only does things that are popular, right? This is where the party was, the Republican Party, immediately after Roe v. Wade was removed, in case you forgot or you weren't paying attention to politics at the time or whatever. Mid-May 2022, listen to what they said here. You're a faithful Catholic, meaning you believe everything the church teaches? Yes. Everything? Yes. Everything? Yes. So you are, uh, uh, you see that uh, the use of contraception is against uh, natural moral law? Yes. Contraception, birth control, use of birth control. They're, they're coming after birth control here. You catching this? Uh, it's destructive, a doorway to abortion, yes. blah, blah, and all that. Wait, wait. Birth control is a doorway to abortion? What? How? It Doesn't it prevent abortion? Everything else. Yes. You see the whole, everything going on with Roe, mm -hmm. for example, right now, and all the left, you know, becoming completely uncorked, losing their minds. The question, you know, they're saying, they're coming after your, your gay marriage next. They're coming after your birth control mm -hmm. after that and everything else. Well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is their victory tour. This is the kind of stuff that they said. I have countless clips of this. This one is just the most out there and honest about it. This is, you don't get more like on the nose than this. Can he be more clear? They're coming after gay marriage and birth control next. Control after that and everything else. Well, you know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So we need to um, make a plain statement of fact, which is the reason why the West is great is because Western civilization's underpinning is Christianity. You no, literally no to all of that. So anyways, that's where Mike Johnson has been up to this point. He's been exactly where these guys are. Uh, Anti-abortion, anti-contraception, anti-in uh, vitro fertilization, anti-everything. If you have a pregnancy that has hydrocephaly, I, I believe is the name, where there is no brain, it's just water. You have to give birth to that baby anyways. You have to. That's just what it is. I know it's going to die within two hours at best. I know that there's no thinking being behind those eyes. It's just water. I get that. But I love life so much that I'm going to force you to go through something deeply traumatic. That's where they were. Okay, it's pretty clear. And that's where Mike Johnson has been up to this moment. But apparently, after Sean Hannity and Kaylee McEnany had a conversation with the dude, 
Speaker of the House. He, uh, I guess he kind of backed off those positions. Listen to this. November 5th, 2023, he's ch- kind of changing his tune. That victory lap they did, doing a Yui on that one, apparently. Uh, I want to talk about some social issues. You've got a lot of critics who say that you are wildly out of step with the American people. Let's talk. Oh, yeah. He is definitely out of step. And so is the other politician we just listened to. Abortion first. One of the groups opposing you says this. He wants a total abortion ban with no exceptions. He supported bans that would not only criminalize abortion, but ban IVF treatments. Yes, that's what they want. And common forms of birth control and that you voted against access to contraception. Absolutely. Mike Johnson holds all of those positions. Yes. Where are you on these issues? Is that an accurate assessment of where you are? Because that's. Yes, it is. It's not in step with the American people. No, Shannon. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, dude. Really? See, he's just backing off. He suddenly realizes that it's basically political suicide, for lack of a better term, to, to even touch this subject in any way. He, he realizes how deeply damaging to his career it would be to bring this up. And honestly, not just his career. Damaging to Republicans across the country. To talk about this, nobody wants contraception removed from stores, okay? Nobody wants abortion taken away, abortion access. Nobody wants gay marriage removed. Some sliver of a sliver of the country wants this stuff. The extreme of the extreme, like Mike Johnson. They're just now realizing they don't represent almost anybody. And if they do victory laps on these issues that they shoehorned in against the American people's will, they're going to get elected or they're going to get removed from office. So he has to back all the way off. Now he's not saying, I want to ban contraception. I want to ban abortion. I want to ban gay marriage. Now he's saying, absolutely. That's crazy. Who would think such a thing of me? Why would you ever say that? I'm, I'm wounded, hurt and wounded. No, Shannon, look, I'm, I'm pro-life. I've, I've said very clearly, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I believe in the sanctity of every single human life. Okay, I believe in the sanctity of every single human life also. Not being a Bible-believing Christian. But you know what? The Bible is actually in favor of abortion. If you actually read the thing, Numbers 5, 11 to 23, it says, if your wife cheats on you, you should have an abortion. It's a mandate. Go get an abortion if your wife cheated on you. Go to the priest. He will whip up this concoction and and have the abortion done for you. The only reason abortion is even discussed in religious circles in the first place is because they knew they could fundraise off of it. They knew they could create zealots, extremists off of this issue, despite the fact that the Bible directly contradicts what he's saying. And as for him being for the sanctity of life, me too. I am too. A clump of cells is not a human being. It's just not. And even if it were, it's necessary for the safety of society to have this option available sometimes. That's just what it is. For every single human life. So I come to Congress with deep personally held convictions. But guess what? So do my 434 other colleagues in the House. Sure, but they're way more in step with the rest of society than you. That's the problem we're talking about here. Yeah, I know you have convictions. Nobody agrees with them. 
other colleagues in the House. Everyone comes to Congress with their deeply held convictions. But the process here is that you make law by consensus. And I've not brought forward any measure uh, to, to address any of those issues right now. Well, you bring forth law by consensus? Since when? This is new. What is something like 70% of the U.S. wants a single payer health care or something like that? Let me let me find out. OK, this is Pew Research Center. They're extremely reputable. Majority of Democrats favor a single national government program to provide health care coverage. Increasing share of Americans favor a single government program to provide health care coverage. A majority of Americans continue to say the federal government has a responsibility to make sure all Americans have health care coverage. What was that he said a second ago again? I missed it. Is that you make law by consensus. And uh, what? One more time. I'm sorry. With their deeply held convictions. But the process here is that you make law by consensus. Oh, oh, consensus, you say. So like the thing that the majority of people want and agree on, you do that, that thing. I mean, this is one example. OK, this is one of the many, the plethora of things that the U.S. people want that this guy doesn't want them to have. Okay, no government involvement of any kind in health insurance, which is basically what we have now. 6%. 6% want that. 30% say we should continue Medicare and Medicaid. Okay, so 6% says undo Medicare and Medicaid. And 30% said keep it exactly as it is, pretty much. 36% said single national government program for health care. 26% said mix of government and private programs. So we're looking at 63% uh, of the country says, yes, government's responsible. And 37% said, no, government is not responsible. But the vast majority said, we should continue Medicare and Medicaid as things are right now. I thought, what was that, Mike? One more time for like the fourth time? Congress with their deeply held convictions. But the process here is that you make law by consensus. And okay, do it. Fantastic. I love it. Just go down the list of the things the American people want by majority and enact that. I'm happy with that. Everybody happy with that? Put things up to a vote. If we did that, actually, there wouldn't be a single Trump policy in place almost anywhere down the line. I've not brought forward any measure uh, to, to address any of those issues. Right now, our priorities are funding the government, handling these these massive national security uh, priorities that we have. And probably talking about Israel crises around the globe and and taking care of changing and reforming how Congress works. That's what we're going to do. Wait, changing and reforming how Congress works. What? What does that have to do with anything? I didn't hear about this. Listen, I, prior to uh, the modern time, I mean, until recently, actually, almost all of our nation's leaders openly acknowledged that they were also Bible-believing Christians. Uh, I mean... No, almost all? No, not almost all. And aside from that, you know what? It's actually against the law for atheists to run for office in a ton of states. You'll be disqualified from the ballot if you're an atheist running for office. So, yeah, doesn't surprise me that there's a disproportionate number of people who claim to be religious nutcases or whatever. FYI, that's actually an illegal law. They cannot put that law in according to the Constitution. But it's there. And it hasn't been challenged. When it's challenged, it will be shot down and officially removed. As of this moment, it still stands and can still be enforced until the moment that it's challenged. 
Bible-believing Christians. Uh, I mean, this is not a, 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 a something that should cause great unrest, okay? It's just that Washington, right now, what you're seeing, Washington and the Associated Press Corps are engaging with a leader who openly acknowledges faith and... No, look, I have no problem with your faith, okay? Be a religious nutcase to your heart's content. Leave that out of government policy. Why is that so hard? Why can't you go to church on Sunday, live your life, talk about how much you hate gay people or whatever, and then when you walk into Congress the Monday morning or whatever, legislate as though there are other people with other beliefs in the country. Legislate to protect other people's rights. Your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. You can swing it anywhere you want, except for right here. Because when you swing it right here, that's not you exercising your rights anymore. That's you violating my rights now. How is it affecting Mike Johnson for a gay couple in New York City to get married? How does that hurt Mike? That is their free right to do. They should be perfectly free to do whatever they want, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody and it doesn't affect somebody else's rights. That's it. Mike doesn't seem to get that fundamental thing that America was built on. Your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. He doesn't, has he ever heard that saying? He doesn't belong in Congress if he doesn't understand what that even means. And, and, and the, the foundational principles of our, our country. Okay, I think this is a healthy discussion, but it, it doesn't affect how we run Congress. To be no, it's not a healthy discussion for people to talk about taking away my rights when they don't affect you. It's a healthy conversation when we're talking about making sure everybody has a right to do what they want until it interferes with other people's rights. That's it. Unacceptable conversation to have otherwise for public legislators. How we run Congress. To be clear, though, have you voted against fertility treatments and access to contraception? Yes. Would you? I don't I don't think so. I'm not. Yes, he has. Sure what they're talking about. I, I really don't remember don't remember suddenly have amnesia right can't think of a single thing oh have i ever voted against contraception i don't remember that convictions that this guy has held his entire life are suddenly slipping right out of his head it's like donald trump taking the stand and testifying in his own defense i don't remember i don't remember but, but measures, do you oppose anything i am personally for life yeah no no of course she asked if you oppose in vitro fertilization. The reason she asks that is because the process of in vitro fertilization necessitates the possibility of what is legally classified as an abortion. So you're taking the cells and you're putting them in a, a Petri dish and mixing them together and growing them. Uh, some of them are not going to succeed. Some of them are. So when some of them succeed, you implant them, basically. I mean, it's way more complicated than that, but that, that's the bottom line, you know. That, that's like the first greater explanation of it. By the definition of the laws, abortion prevents that process from happening. People who could not get pregnant before are barred from getting IVF treatments and having a child now because of what this guy has voted for. Again, like, I don't want to get you guys down over this. There's no reason to be down over this. We're winning. This guy is in a minority that is so tiny compared to everybody else. He has no chance 
of winning when he goes up against a fair vote. The only way these people can win is through the electoral college and gerrymandering districts. That's when extremists like this win. We are winning this battle. And you can tell by the fact that this guy is so desperate to convince everybody from here to Texas that he's the most moderate fella alive. And personally for life, yeah. So do you want to stop IVF treatments? She was interrupted when she asked that. No, no, of course not. I, no, that, that's uh, something that's blessed a lot of families. who Bull. You can try to fool the people behind the screen. You can't fool this guy. Who has two thumbs and is impossible to fool by Mike Johnson? This guy. Have uh, problems with fertility. Of course, that's a great thing. Um, I would support that. But look, again, these are not issues that are on the, the front of the agenda. And um, we can come with our convictions and we can govern in an accountable, transparent manner for the American people. And Jeannie Bottle says lying is a sin. I hope he repents. <laughs> exactly, man. This guy is so full of it. He is lying his pants off right now. How do you fit so many lies into like a single statement? That's what that's what we're going to do. OK, so you've talked a lot about. Oh, man, I love it, dude. I eat this up. I love everything about it. Republican Party is scared. That's the bottom line here. That's that should be the title of this video. Republican Party is scared. Oops, we f***ed up. <laughs> Sorry, I try not to swear, but oh, man, I love everything about it. Just think about where they were a few short months ago, late March 2023. They didn't fully get it yet. How completely screwed they were on this subject. Every time they bring up abortion, they lose. This is Dan Kelly, I think is his name. He was running for the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. I hope I'm getting that right. And he decided to bring up the thing that shall not be named. Late March 2023. He lost, by the way. He lost his election to a progressive. Something that hadn't happened in that state in like 50 years or something. Uh, listen to what he said here. This is the, probably the talk that lost him the election. There is a wild dog loose in our country, a bear wolf, if you will. I don't know what that is. And this bloodshed is sustained by an odious fiction. It's a fiction in the minds of men, an idol that they hold on to. Okay, ominous, go on. We've started this mission to the magistrates up in Wisconsin, trying to see them affect interposition for the pre-born, defy the federal judiciary. That is the wild beast in America. What is the wild beast in America? He's saying the wild beast is abortion, I guess? The federal judiciary. And there's two things that they always choke on where they can't see their duty to interpose. There's a your mom joke in here somewhere. Two things. One is... They think that women who murder their own sons or daughters are victims and should not be treated, should not be tried for homicide. That's one. Again, this lost him the election, this speech, because it's psychotic. That's not what's happening. People are not committing murder. There's a very big difference between being murdered and never being born. If you don't see that difference, I can't help you. But I can say this. You don't belong anywhere near a position of power. It's like this whole anti-abortion thing started out as a method of 
whipping people into a blood frenzy and getting zealots out to vote for you, getting people so emotional that they'll crawl over broken glass to stop what they believe is some atrocity. That's how it started. And at this point, we've got nutcases like Dan Kelly out here saying women should be tried with homicide if they get an abortion or miscarry, maybe. I mean, will, will he go that far? We know that these people want to do away with contraception. We know that they want to do away with abortion, even in cases of an ectopic pregnancy, even preventing IVF, uh, in vitro fertilization, even in cases of rape, incest, or life of the mother. In any case, no matter what, these people want to try women with homicide if any of this stuff takes place. They had no idea how wildly out of step with the rest of society they were. So I guess this is the find out portion of around and find out for the Republicans. And I'm eating it up. I'm loving every second of it. What's right about that? Because we know the whole pro-life movement has made the women into victims. And that's a total mistake. Amen. Totally unbiblical. No, no, it's actually completely biblical. As a matter of fact, um, the Bible says, Numbers 5, 11 to 23, you should get an abortion. If, you, if your wife cheated on you, send her to the priest for an abortion. How do you wiggle out of that? I don't understand. Like, how do people... You know what? I Actually, hold on. I can tell you how, because I did a video on this. Yeah, so here's the interesting thing about YouTube Shorts. It brings in an audience that wouldn't otherwise see what you're releasing. And a lot of the time, it's people who aren't interested in it. Sometimes it's people who are. But I get absolutely wild comments on my shorts. So I released this short about what I'm saying here a while back. Numbers 5, 11 to 22 describes a situation in which a woman should go to a priest for him to perform an abortion on her. And that situation is... If the dad suspects it's not his, then she should go get an abortion from the priest. Couldn't get clearer. The Bible is explicitly in favor of these things. If you say otherwise, you're just full of it. You just haven't read the Bible. So uh, the, the interesting thing is that shorts show us fascinating comments. Let's just look at some of the comments on this video because some of them are wild, dude. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So here's a justification for this from a Christian. Wrong. So wrong. The woman in this chapter isn't pregnant. Neither do the listed ingredients cause abortion. Right. So <laughs> it was a hypothetical woman. The, the verses say, if your wife is cheated on you, take her to the priest. If she did cheat on you and she's pregnant by somebody else, then the concoction the priest gives her will induce an abortion. If she didn't cheat on you, but is pregnant, it won't induce an abortion. It was obviously old folk magic or whatever. But that's a pretty clear example of God endorsing abortion, right? In fact, mandating it. I, how does that get any clearer? I don't understand. So somebody responds to him, neither do the listed ingredients cause an abortion. Oh, really? Sounds to me like they're likely to kill the mother and not just the fetus. But do go on about how animal feces and entrails mixed with dirt and heavy metals would be completely safe. Yeah, that was the, the mixture you're supposed to give to the woman. 
It says the womb will, this is uh, Kevin's response here. It says the womb will swell and fall away, not miscarry. Does he have any idea what any of these terms even mean? The curse takes away her ability to conceive forever, not provides an abortion. Oh, so the, the baby is just born to her is what he's saying then? Give me a break. This is like twisting yourself into a ridiculous pretzel. So it's kind of impressive when you think about it, right? Also, the ingredients are listed and don't cause abortions. The curse of the womb is caused by God, not coriander seeds. The passage is a way for falsely accused women to save themselves from stoning. Guilty women won't drink it and innocent women. Oh, okay. So if you're guilty, then you you just won't drink. You won't get the abortion. That's what he's saying. So God didn't endorse it. He's using it as a way of preventing women from doing it because he knows they won't do it. Give me a break, man. Really? This is just, is there like any seriousness to be found in this conversation anywhere? Is there any substance to be found here? Is there any honest rebuttal to this that isn't complete trash? Okay, here's another uh, rebuttal to this. In favor. I don't think that means what you think it means. Not to mention religion is a stupid argument to bring into the conversation no matter the side. Sure, I'm not the one bringing it into the conversation. They said the Bible is opposed to abortion. I said, no, it's not. It's in favor of abortion. And in favor, I don't think that means what you think it means. It, it means exactly what I think it means. What are you talking about? The Bible said, it's a mandate. You must go get an abortion if you think your wife's cheated on you, and it'll cause a, you know, an abortion if you take this and you really did cheat. Like, how else can you frame this? How could this be clearer? Couldn't be clearer. But no mention of the word abortion. Come on now. They don't like the fact that the, the word abortion did not exist in the Old Testament 3,000 years ago. The English word abortion didn't exist in a society that spoke ancient Hebrew. That's their defense. Great. It was obviously describing that, that process, though. I, <laughs> Jesus, dude. Somebody says, try again. Abortion wasn't a word until the mid-16th century. The Greek abrori was used 2,000 years ago. It means literally miscarry. Words have power. Learn about them before you challenge their use. <laughs> Interesting. Nitpicking words in the Bible is a, a, a fraught exercise anyways, because we have like thousands of manuscripts of every single one of these various texts that all mean different things. They all have different words that were written by different scribes and everything else. There are probably six different translations and six different original manuscripts for these verses anyways, and they all use different words, different verbiage or whatever. Somebody says, I already did a video on this. And, and another person says, that's awesome that you're in favor of abortion then. And the guy says, I'm in favor of truth of the holy word of God. He's yelling it because it's in caps. I'm also the one that is bringing the Christian pro-abortion argument before the Supreme Court that will reinstate Roe v. Wade. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. I don't think it's going to do that, but that, that would be great. Jesus, dude, this is just insane. Way to find one verse that agrees with your view, almost as accurate as the slave owners who use the Bible to justify their actions. Look at Jesus if you're confused, bro. He's the best example. Hey, agreed, yes. What did Jesus say about abortion? Anything? I'll wait. How long do I have to sit here until somebody gives me a verse from Jesus explaining what he said about abortion? I'm bringing up that verse because it's the only one that talks about abortion directly. Every other verse that 
the there really are no other verses about it. There's one verse that talks about knowing a prophet of God before he was even conceived. That doesn't mean that he was a human being when he was 150 cells. You know, I just don't like. I can offer no help for these people. I guess that's uh, yeah. Most of these people are just trying to pull away from the real subject and saying that the government shouldn't be funding it. It doesn't. The government is barred from funding abortions. Always has been. Was it the Hyde Amendment, I think? Anyway, just absurd, man. Just absurd. Next up, self-proclaimed prophet Kat Kerr keeps rewriting her history of prophecy, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch. Let's take a look at her history of rewriting it to make it seem like she knew what she was talking about all along. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Kat Kerr. You may remember her from years ago. She had this viral moment where she was taking this little stick and swinging it at a hurricane and ordering it by the power of God to not run into Florida. And of course, it ran into Florida. Anyway, Hurricane Dorian, that, that's what that was. Well, she actually has some other absolutely bizarre takes that I wanted to talk about because she's trying to backtrack from those bizarre takes right now. Over the past five years, or honestly even longer, she has been prophesying, claiming that God gave her the message that Donald Trump was going to win the 2020 election, right? And, and then he loses, and we can just move on with our lives. She can just shut her mouth and pretend she never said it and continue on, right, with her ministry. No, she doesn't want it to go that way. She wants to convince you four years later that she was right all along, that that Trump really did win the 2020 election. And now she's going to retroactively rewrite her history to be one where she was right all along. It's absurd. So let's talk about her history of fails. Let me just show you this little compilation here of her prophesying that Trump is going to win. Once again, Trump will win and triumph in the White House for all those who've been praying for that. Yes, he's going to win. God has already chosen him to win. Okay, that's pretty tall claim. God chose him to win. Go on. And, and begin to pray for Pence, who will step in right behind him for eight years. A prophet of God, okay? She claims to be a prophet. This isn't just her predicting what's going to happen. This is her prophesying. Because I can tell you that Pelosi... And all the others who think they have power, it's about to be stripped away. And they have no future because Trump is going to win. God's not even going to wait to the end of this broadcast. Okay, so if you didn't know what was happening at this moment in history, Nancy Pelosi was about to take the Speaker of the House position. Democrats are going to take both the House and the Senate. And Donald Trump is going to lose the election in 2020. That's what was going to happen. So literally everything that she just said was a lie. She said she heard this from the mouth of God. She lied. I have to talk about this, okay, because people believe her. She's not a nobody. She is by far more influential than, than I am. She has a massive following. She influences the way that school curriculums are written and the way that churches teach certain doctrine. You may not have heard of her, but she's behind the scenes working to push things the direction she wants it to go. I'm not even going to wait to the end of this broadcast. 
Trump will win in November because he will continue to have justice, liberty, and freedom in America. America belongs to God. I know the thought and intent of everything. I know every hidden act of wickedness, and it will be exposed. And Trump will sit in that White House for four more years. I think that this one was her being upset that she found out that Trump lost. I think that that's what's happening here. I love it, dude. I just, I, I eat this up. God has adamantly told me he will win despite the, the crimes and the things that they're committing, trying to make it happen for Biden. People want somebody who knows what they're doing and has hope for this country. Mm. Trump definitely knows what he's doing, right? Totally, totally. And Trump will win on November 3rd. Do you really believe President Trump is going to be reelected? Okay, um, this, this is after Donald Trump lost, I believe. This is like, I, th I think that this is after November when everybody knew that he lost and they were trying to do these court challenges and stuff. And she's prophesying from God. If you're caught up, if you are caught up to the throne of God and he face to face tells you he is winning, there's no doubt whatsoever. He will win because that's God's plan. Trump is here to stay. And there you go. Trump 2020 campaign is on the way. And I want you to know that, yes, God himself did tell me to come and do this broadcast. Laugh at it, jeer at it. Can do, buckaroo. Or celebrate it. It's going to happen. Trump will win the 2020 election. And for 24 years, God said in 2016. God said. God said in, tw in 2016. Republicans or God in her mind would hold the White House for 24 years. Two terms of Trump, two terms of Pence, that gets us up to 16, and then two terms of Donald Trump's kid, I believe. Eric Trump or something. I don't remember what her claim was. I have the video. He would be in the White House. So if you don't like that, go get saved, get your mind on right, and get a life. Yeah, my mistake. Didn't have a life. That was what I was missing. You're not going to unseat him. No one's going to unseat him. That's right. That's right. They're fighting against God. That's right. They just, it's so painful. Okay. I wanted to show you guys what she's said before because I want to make it real clear. When we look at her trying to rewrite her history, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding or doubt of what she's trying to do here. After Trump lost early November 2020, this is what. Kat Kerr had to say. This was her attempt to rewrite it immediately after the election took place, but before Biden actually took office yet. And if you will remember, one of the things he had me say was that Trump would win by a landslide. Oh, yes, I remember. Okay. Now, in man's mind, in their human mind, they already put together what they think that means. Right. But many times, as we know. I'll tell you what I think it means. When you say landslide, I take that to mean he's going to win overwhelmingly. That didn't happen. He was beaten overwhelmingly. And Biden was in office. This is fantastic news, people. I mean, this is something to be happy about. The fact that the prophets of God, quote unquote, were completely wrong and are so deeply wrong and embarrassed by what happened that they have to retroactively go back and rewrite their history. Kashmir is trying to get up on my game system. You see him back there, my little arcade machine? Sniffing at it. He's thinking about it. 
Right. But many times, as we know in the word, or even just from experience ourselves, especially as a prophet, that doesn't ever mean what man thinks it means. Words don't mean what man thinks they mean? Those who have been perpetrating the lie have been paid to commit lies or stealing or cheating will begin to get very nervous. They're actually already nervous. And let me tell you, conviction is going to come upon some of them in the lower levels. That's what he meant about the landslide. The smaller rocks move first, which pulls the bigger ones down. Wild way to rewrite her claims, right? And that's what he meant when he said Trump will win by a landslide. So there's, there you go. That's the difference between revelation and what man in their head thinks that means. Well, I think that when you say Trump is going to have four more years, that that means Trump's going to have four more years. My mistake. I was taking your words at face value. I thought that what you meant was what you said, when apparently what you meant was the exact opposite of what you said. Apparently, Trump will have four more years actually means Biden will have four years. My mistake on that one. Okay, so this entire time, it's pretty clear, right? She's been claiming before Trump lost his election and in the months after losing his election, she claimed that Trump was going to have the second term, right? Late October 2023, she's now going back and rewriting her history. Listen to this. And whether you like it or not, Trump is still getting his four years that was stolen from him. I bet. Totally. You know, in the intervening years, like after it was, you know, after she had to accept that she was wrong about this and Trump was not going to be president for those four years, she started changing it up. She switched it to a message of, well, Donald Trump, if he was put back in office and Biden was removed right now, he wouldn't get a full four years, which is what God told me that Trump was going to get. So he's going to get that four years in the next election instead of this one. This is just a joke. Look at this audience. What is the average age of this audience, you think? What are we working with here? You think it's uh, 87, 88? Somewhere in that vicinity. Our president. He actually still is. No, no, he's not. So wait, what does she think? Does she think Trump is getting his four years right now in the background or that he's going to get another four years? And God has adamantly, adamantly told me since before 2016 that he would be president for eight years. No, God told you that he was going to win in 2020. I don't know. Maybe she claimed he was going to get eight years. I have no idea. But she backed off of that and changed it and claimed God said he would win in 2020. That was what she poured everything into. And now she's trying to rewrite it to be a little bit softer. And he meant it. And all this junk and garbage and trash of the enemy that's going on isn't changing that. And it doesn't have to happen in the normal way. Well, I would love for it to happen at all. If you claim it's going to happen, let's see it. God doesn't do normal things. No, but he does things, right? Doesn't he do something? Shouldn't I expect to see some results that kind of resemble what you're claiming? You can't just come in, claim something. And when that thing doesn't happen, you say, 
See, you're interpreting it wrong. What I actually meant was the exact opposite of what I said. See, that's your hang up. It, that's on you. That one is on you. You can't do that and expect people to believe you. He does his thing. And he said to me, the only way Trump will not be president again is if he doesn't want to do it. Do you think he still wants to do it? Yeah. And so do I, because he knows it was stolen. There's another little wrinkle to it. The only way Trump won't take it is if he doesn't want to do it in his heart. This is a, a method of giving themselves an out, a protection for when Trump doesn't win, they can say Trump didn't really want it in his heart. If he really wanted it in his heart, he would have blah. He would have done this thing or that thing. I'll show you in a minute exactly what the claim is, because she is adapting her claims of prophecy to another overarching belief system with other supposed prophets involved. So I'll show you another prophet who's saying similar things to her, rewriting his history in a similar way in a second. But remember that. Remember what she said. He won't be president unless he wants to be president. Keep that in the back of your head for a second. Keep listening. In 2020, when that election took place, well, this is a good time to pick your ear. Why not? Just pick your ears. Okay. They had said, well, we got to close down. There's too many votes. We don't have time to count. Remember that lie. And I'm sitting. No, I, I'm sorry, man. I can't. I hate to stop every three seconds, but I can't let her get away with this. This quote unquote lie that they shut down votes. or This didn't happen. Votes. We don't have time to count. Remember that lie. That didn't happen. People were counting votes at the pace at which they've always counted votes. There's nothing unusual about that. And I'm sitting, the father's right there with me, and I'm watching it. And, um, and the father said, no, they just stole it. But wait a minute. You said God told you he was going to win in 2020. Now you're telling me that God told you that he was going to lose in 2020? Which is it? You cannot have both. This is her rewriting her history. This is her trying to erase those mess ups that she did all along the way and pretend that it never happened. This is just an embarrassment. Prophet of God over here. No, they just stole it. They're going to hide votes, burn votes, throw them in the river. They're going to send them. They'll bury them, some of them. Great. Show us examples of that. Show us proof of anything that she's saying. I'll take whatever. They will kill people to stop them from. They'll kill people. Okay, that's a new one. Oh, boy. I didn't know that people were going to die in this effort. They're going to send them. They'll bury them, some of them, and they will kill people to stop them from telling the truth about it. They're going to hide it. They want to take it. Satan's trying to take over right now. And you will find out that they will say Trump lost, although the other person almost got no votes. The other person got almost no votes, really. There is a, this faction that she's from is one that, seems to believe by and large, I don't know if she believes this, but a lot of people in her wing of evangelicalism believe that Trump won all 50 states, California, New York, um, Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, all of the states that would normally be reliably blue went red this time for Trump in 2020. Is there like a shred of her mind left in reality anymore? Or is it just all in la-la land now? They were manufactured votes, stolen votes, fake votes. And I don't mind saying it because, you know, what? I was sent to tell the truth. 
Right, totally. She was sent to tell the truth. Absolutely, 100%. So you remember what she said earlier about he has to want to do this? That's a prerequisite. This is Robin Bullock. He is from the same kind of ilk as her, if you will, the same group, same um, denomination, belief system, and everything. And he's prophesying about Donald Trump as well, claiming that Trump is going to win 2020 or whatever else. This video actually came out in March 2021. This was right leading up to a moment in history where QAnon was making a bunch of claims about the president of the United States is not actually the president of the United States because when Reconstruction happened during the Civil War, the U.S. was created, uh, the U.S. reformed into a corporation instead of the original government, and the corporation is invalid, but it's passed constitutional amendments. But since those amendments were invalid, then blah, blah, blah. Middle, 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 Donald Trump, in their mind, was going to be in reinstated by the military on March 4th, 2021. It's a big, long conspiracy I don't need to get into right now. QAnon conspiracy. So Robin Bullock releases this video early March, leading up to that moment, 2021. And he says this. This is in the same vein that Kat Kerr was talking about. The stage is set. Everything is set. But you're going to have to pray for the rightful president, whether he wants to walk back into this or not. You must pray that he wants to do it. Right? You're, you're catching this, right? You heard Kat Kerr say he has to want to do this. This is their attempt to protect themselves from the possibility of being completely wrong, from falling on their face, from having an incorrect prophecy. Now, when Trump is not reinstated, when he's not sworn in on March 4th, 2021, or when he doesn't get his four more years like she claimed, it's going to be because Trump didn't want it enough. Now, they're going to tell us in a second what would show us that Trump wants it enough. Keep listening. Because God won't make him do anything. Is it his will? Yes. If it's his will, he'll do it, period. If it's his will, he will put Trump in power. That's just what it is. God doesn't need your prayers. God doesn't need you to convince anybody of anything. He doesn't need, to, he doesn't need help or any of that. He's God. He's omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. He can do anything. But this guy is coming up with these bizarre excuses for, he's hedging right now. He's hedging on his prophecies, just like Kat Kerr's been doing this whole time. Is he the president? Yes. No. That's why he could just walk right back in. And God will supernaturally move things out of the way. That's what they want right there. That's what would prove that Donald Trump really wants it. What he just said. And God will supernaturally move things out of the way. Trump needs to walk into the White House and sit down at the resolute desk or whatever, and God will supernaturally move things out of the way. Suddenly the military will come in and arrest Biden and whatever other nonsense they believe after that. If Trump doesn't do that, walk into the White House and sit down at the desk and assume the office without being elected. He didn't really want it, and that's why God didn't place him in that position. That's what they believe. That is their attempt at hedging. This is their 
rewrite of history. Seriously. These people are shameless in how much they lie about things constantly. But you need to pray for encouragement. Nobody was beat on like that, like our president for four years. Nobody. Well, I can think of a couple of ethnic groups that have had a pretty hard time in life, generationally. I can think of uh, some minority groups that have been pretty mistreated. But filthy, rich, white guy isn't the minority group I was thinking of. Just a joke, dude. These people are shameless. I don't, these people are just awful, dude. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. We can't let them get away with this. We can't let them get away with rewriting their history. We have to make sure this is publicized and, and put on record in some form. Like I said, her and Robin Bullock both are extremely influential in these circles. Way more influential than I am. We've got to make sure people don't forget how much of a fool she was in this moment. That hair proves she does not have divine help. Au contraire, that's where you're wrong. I, she has, she has addressed that as a matter of fact. Let me show you. This is the earliest video that I have of Kat Kerr. It's from 2008, and I found it on her own website. She describes why she has pink hair. This is Kat Kerr of Revealing Heaven, and I have to tell you about this revelation. Please. You know what? Heaven is the most fun place you'll ever live in your life. Really? Did you ever think of that? Most people, and including the world, think heaven is going to be so boring. They don't even want to go there. Most believers actually say, what in the world am I going to do for eternity? What is it going to oh, I can think of a few things to do for an eternity. What to do up there besides bowing to God and maybe singing some songs with the choirs in heaven, sitting on a cloud with a harp. Guess what? You don't get a harp when you go to heaven unless you already play one. You know, maybe if you want one to decorate your mansion, he might give you one. But mansion. If you want to decorate your mansion. I guess it's a physical mansion. She's actually said heaven is a, a planet, a real planet out there. No joke. What are you going to do with it anyway? Uh, the reason my hair is pink, by the way, I forget that a lot. Here you go. God himself asked me to have pink hair for the, for the reason that you will know heaven is going to be a whole lot more different than we thought it was. He takes me nonstop on tours of heaven. So you this, is, this woman is ridiculous. I'm sorry, man. What do I even do with this? I don't even know what to do with this. How is she trusted or revered or believed by a single human being on planet Earth? This is a joke. So aggressive blep. That hair proves that she does not have divine help. I don't know. Maybe maybe the hair is proof she does have divine help. <laughs> God, dude. It's just bad. One more for fun. One One more clip from her for fun. Hang on. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. I didn't realize I had this clip from Kat Kerr. I totally forgot that I had this. Th this is where she claims that when we die, we go to heaven and it's a physical planet. Right. And we are all officially divorced from our wives because until death do us part. Right. So the dudes are now single. But when they go to heaven, they marry Jesus. They're married to Jesus. Jesus has married guys, gals, and non-binary pals, apparently. And, fun doesn't stop there, he consummates the marriage with guys, gals, and non-binary pals. <laughs> I mean, his love is so great. 
I don't even remember what I was going to say to him. So don't make your list. You won't care. Because you are in love with Jesus Christ. In love, you say. He is your bridegroom, whether you're male or female. Oh, Ooh boy, you know what bridegrooms do, right? <laughs> female, oh my. So the women in the spirit can be spiritual kings. He is king of kings, female kings, and male kings. Oh, God, I love it to death, dude. I love everything about it. She is so ridiculous. I thought I lost this clip. I totally forgot I had it. Anyways, just how does anybody take her seriously, honestly? I will be damned if she's not hilarious to listen to, though. Next up, there's a wing of evangelicalism that seems to be dead set on controlling all of society. The chief propagandist for the wing is a guy named David Barton, and boy does he have some bizarre ideas. Let's talk about how he's connected and some of the more recent lies he's been pushing. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. There's a guy named David Barton. This is the guy on screen here. He is responsible for a ridiculous amount of propaganda that comes out of the Republican Party and the evangelical movement. Now, as it turns out, he knows the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and nearly every other hard-right evangelical extremist out there. He's spent the past... Uh, 30, 40, maybe 50 years building his reputation. And he finally, in 2016, worked his way up to the point where he was in charge of Ted Cruz's super PAC. And when Ted Cruz dropped out of the 2016 race, the primary race, that super PAC defaulted to Donald Trump. Now David Barton has, you know, evangelical extremist, propagandist, has found himself in a position where he is the head of Donald Trump's largest super PAC. I believe he's still in charge of the super PAC. So let's talk about some of the propaganda that he's spread and some of the propaganda that he's formulating right now. As I said, he's friends with Mike Johnson. Just listen to this Victory News bulletin or whatever. It's They should be banned from even using the word news in their broadcast, in my opinion. It's Kenneth Copeland's Jesus Network. It's not a news network. Listen to what they said here uh, with David Barton. And founder of wallbuilders.com and Victory News contributor David Barton is very familiar with the news speaker. We spoke to him recently right after Mike Johnson was elected on the House floor. Yeah, we know Mike very well. We've been friends for years. Mike is the guy that has been a leader and a fighter in really the, the conservative Christian, pro-life, pro-marriage movement. I think Mike has a, a better grounded biblical worldview um, that's really clear with the way he thinks and speaks. He understands. No. I, I Look, he may believe he has a well-grounded biblical worldview, but he doesn't. He has a bastardized perception of it that's been warped and changed and twisted around to fit their ends. Okay? Nothing that Mike Johnson believes was endorsed by Jesus at any point. Mike Johnson and David Barton, being part of the same wing of Christianity, believe that Jesus hated gay people. 
never said a word about gay people. Weird. They believe that abortion is wrong. Jesus never said a word about abortion, but if you really want to go down that road, I released a video about it just the other day. The Bible actually endorses abortion at Numbers 5, 11 to 23. Nothing these people believe is actually biblically based, but okay. I don't want to go off on a whole tangent here. Let's keep listening. Um, that's really clear with the way he thinks and speaks. He understands the history of America, the history of the institutions. He understands religion, morality is the basis of political prosperity, as George Washington said in his farewell address. He, he, all of this is lies. The country is not built on biblical principles. This is a guy that goes around claiming that the Ten Commandments were the basis for the Bill of Rights. Seriously. I mean, what are the Ten Commandments? Just take a quick look here. You shall have no other gods before me. That's contradicted by the First Amendment. First Commandment con contradicted by the First Amendment. You shall have no other gods before me versus Congress shall make no laws respecting religion, the free exercise thereof, whatever. I.e., you can do whatever you want regarding religion. You can live your life and be whatever religion you want to be or none. I mean, the first of each contradict each other. I don't know how anybody can seriously say that one was based off the other. You shall not make idols. I don't remember that in the Bill of Rights. I mean, the First Amendment talks about freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Second Amendment talks about building a militia, a well-regulated militia. Third Amendment, I believe, talks about quartering troops. You're not, you can't be compelled to house members of the military in your home against your will. That it's not a big deal today, but it was back then. Fourth Amendment is about unreasonable search and seizure. Fifth Amendment is about not incriminating yourself. You don't have an obligation to incriminate yourself. I mean, that seems to contradict. Well, I thought there was a commandment that said you shall not lie. Is there not a commandment about that? Don't make idols. Don't take don't commit blasphemy. Keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Don't bear false witness. That's what I was looking for. The Fifth Amendment seems to contradict that one, right? You have no obligation to perjure yourself. Sixth, Seventh, Eighth, Ninth, Tenth Amendments. I mean, those all pertain to how the government works and how it views its role in society and stuff like that. So they're not super relevant for our everyday life beyond it. But in no stretch of the imagination is the Bill of Rights based off of the Ten Commandments. That's the kind of thing this guy talks about. The United States, the government, was not built off of a Christian worldview. It just wasn't. You can say that until you're blue in the face. It doesn't make it any more true. And, and in addition to that, I think you're kind of violating commandment number nine in that, aren't you? Bearing false witness? The guy has to know he's lying. If he's ever looked at the Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments simultaneously, he's lying. And if he hasn't, he's still lying, claiming that it's that, that they're based on each other and everything. Terrible address. He has that, that view of history that is really unique. There's not that many people who understand American history um, from the founder's perspective and what they intended. So he's very good at that. All right, David Barton, we thank you for your insight into somebody that you know well, who's now the Speaker of the House. Absolutely absurd, dude. So the point here is David Barton knows Mike Johnson and all of the people in the higher echelon of the Republican Party and influences them. He propagandizes to them and tells them what direction they should be going and what their worldview should be. 
So let's talk about some of David Barton's beliefs. Just give you a little glimpse into this guy's life. Early March 2015, want to show you what he believes about a couple of issues. I, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to let you walk into this blind. Anything the Bible says is right, there is scientific basis for it now. It's just, it's fun to be able to show that. It's fun to show a, a scientific basis for what the Bible says? Okay, let's see it. So these guys, homosexuals, I'll say, Oh boy. Guys, I'm from Texas, that's guys and girls. Everybody's guys in Texas. So these guys, homosexuals, lesbians. Oh, this is getting bad. They want age stops. You saw the prevalence, you know, 60 times higher general population, et cetera. And what they're looking for is a vaccine. So the federal government in the last several years has spent tens of billions of dollars looking for a vaccine for AIDS. Okay, I don't even know if that's true, first of all. Second, it doesn't just affect the gay community. There are a lot of people affected by this. And it's truly grotesque and evil that in 2015, the guy is coming out here and saying the LGBT community deserved it. They deserved AIDS for fighting against Jesus' teachings or whatever despite the fact that Jesus never said a word about gay people. Not a single word. We're going to touch on that in a second. Keep listening here. This is psychotic. AIDS, HIV AIDS. And I don't think they will ever find a vaccine for HIV AIDS. And I say that based on a particular Bible verse. Okay, and when they do, which they certainly inevitably will, right? When they do find a cure for HIV, is he going to back that up and apologize and say, oh, I was wrong, I guess. None of this stuff had anything to do with God, apparently. Is he going to do that? Of course not. He's going to pretend he never said it. If you look at what Romans 127 says, this is what the scripture says. Okay, this verse is extremely relevant to the LGBT community. I'm going to talk about it in a second. It says, men, leaving natural relations with a woman lusted toward each other and did that which is wrong, receiving in their bodies the penalties to them. Now notice this, homosexuals receive in their bodies the penalty to them. The Bible says if you engage in homosexuality, your body will do things that will penalize you. So if you can have a vaccine for AIDS, then you're keeping your body from penalizing you. I don't think they'll ever find a vaccine for AIDS. Okay, so let's talk about this. I want, to, I want to let him get all of that out. First of all, that's not your body penalizing you having HIV. That is a, a foreign agent coming in and harming your body. So right there, complete misinterpretation of, what, of even his interpretation of the Scripture. It's already wrong. But let's talk about Romans 127. Here's the thing. There are six verses in the Bible that talk about being gay in any way, okay? I believe it's three of them in the Old Testament, three of them in the New Testament. One in 2 Corinthians, one in Romans, one in Timothy, one of the Timothys, I believe. And the, the other three are in the Old Testament, and they're completely irrelevant because Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament laws, remember? All that stuff about not eating shellfish, not eating pork, not wearing cotton and linen blends, all that other junk, we don't have to do any of that. Not, you know, observing this, the Sabbath day, all that stuff was fulfilled when Jesus came back, right? So we don't follow any of those laws. They're irrelevant. We're basing our beliefs off of Christianity, not Judaism, Christianity. So the only verses 
that are relevant in this conversation are the three in the New Testament, right? Out of the 31,102 verses in the Bible, three of them in the New Testament talk about the LGBT community in any form or fashion. This is a blog called the Bart Ehrman blog. Bart Ehrman is a biblical scholar, the best in the world at some of this stuff. He knows what he's talking about, seriously. He is a truly impressive scholar. And he had one of his fellow scholars, Jeff Sykes, on to talk about this, to talk about this subject, the LGBT community. This guy has studied in depth the the verses that talk about these issues. And, and Bart Ehrman, at the very least, knows the original Greek. He knows the language, and he knows the original Hebrew and Aramaic. He can speak the languages fluently. They know what they're talking about, these guys do. So let's uh, let's talk about these verses. Romans 1, 26 and 27. That's the one um, David Barton brought up a minute ago. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. And 1 Timothy 1, 9 to 10. Those are the three verses in the New Testament we're dealing with here. As far as Romans 1, 26 to 27 go, it actually says, not what Barton translated it to say, but what it actually says is, for this reason, God gave them up to degrading passions. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural, and in the same way also the men, giving up natural intercourse with women, were, were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the due penalty for their error. Here is Jeff Syker's explanation. That's his name. This is his explanation, a, a New Testament scholar in the field. This is typically seen as the most significant biblical passage that deals with same-sex relations. It includes both women and men. The larger context indicates that idolatry leads to a distortion of natural relationships. The problem was idolatry. Not just here, but in the Old Testament as well. The problem was idolatry. The problem in Sodom and Gomorrah was not being gay. God was destroying it because of its ill treatment of the poor. It specifically says that in the book of Ezekiel. So, like, just another thing that the far right has drilled into people's heads and convinced them is true, when it's simply not a representation of reality. The larger context indicates the, that idolatry leads to a distortion of natural relationships. That Paul condemns what he knows of same-sex relations is clear. Yeah, so... Romans, Corinthians, and Timothy were all letters written by the Apostle Paul, somebody that didn't know Jesus, had never met him before, had, didn't know anything about him, didn't know any of the stories that were told about him, didn't have a copy of the Gospels even, had nothing. All Paul had was Christian culture in that moment that had not been completely formed out by Jesus yet or Jesus' teachings, because the gospel accounts did not exist yet. So Paul comes around and directly contradicts what Jesus said. What did Jesus say it took to be a member of Christianity or to make it into God's kingdom or whatever? I'll tell you what Jesus said about it. Matthew 25, 31 to 46 says, basically, Jesus is sitting in the throne and Sheep are on the left hand, goat, goats are on the right hand, something to that effect. 
the sheep are the good guys in this scenario, in this parable, go to the bad guys. Jesus says to the sheep, you gave me water when I was thirsty, you gave me food when I was hungry, so on and so forth. You will be rewarded with the kingdom of heaven. And he said to the goats, be gone with you, I want nothing to do with you. And the sheep said, how could we have given you water when you were thirsty or food when you were hungry? We didn't even know you. And Jesus said, what you've done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did to me. So what does it take to get into the kingdom of God? Being a good person. Helping your fellow man, according to Jesus. It does not take knowing Jesus. He specifically said that. You don't need to know Jesus. You don't need to give your soul to him. You don't need to get baptized. You don't need to believe in him for salvation or be reborn or any of that. You need to be good to your fellow man. Paul, later, after decades later, came around and said a whole bunch of stuff that completely contradicted what Jesus said. He said, women are to be silent. They're to be in subjugation to a man. Jesus included women in his stuff all the time. Paul said, gay people and, you know, adulterers, idolaters, and blah, 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 won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what Jesus said. He said, you have to be good to your fellow man. So Paul, writing in the book of Romans, talks about seemingly gay people, right? Okay, so let's continue reading this and see what Paul was actually talking about in his proper context, according to this biblical scholar. Most scholars agree that Paul would have been aware of three same-sex practices found in pagan culture. Pederasty, an older man with a prepubescent boy. Jesus Christ, dude. Prostitution, where a man sells himself to be the passive recipient in a same-sex act. And slave prostitution, where a slave owner rents out his slaves for sexual acts. There is no evidence that Paul is aware of committed, consensual, same-sex relations between adults that is presumed in same-sex marriage today. In its proper context, Romans 1.26-27 is not talking about people being in committed relationships with each other. As a matter of fact, there's no evidence that these people had any problem with polygamy either, or any of that stuff. I mean, there were a ton of polygamous people in the Bible, weren't there? 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 is the other verse. This passage is a vice list that Paul employs to condemn what he sees as unethical behavior. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, robbers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Interesting that they use the word sodomites there, isn't it? Because sodomites was not understood to mean what we understand it to mean today because of the modern church. Sodomites back then actually meant something. I, you know, sodomites back then wasn't even used as a term to my knowledge. Again, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because of their ill treatment of the poor. Ezekiel 16, 49. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned, and they did not help the poor and needy. There you go. That's what Sodom actually did, and that's what these people understood about Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, by the way, let me just add a little more cultural context. In this letter to the Corinthian congregation, 1 Corinthians, it's the first letter that we have to the congregation, Paul was writing them because he found out that there was a bunch of crazy stuff happening in the congregation. 
Um, there were people in the congregation bragging about hiring prostitutes while they were there in the congregation, and one guy slept with his stepmother. And in response, Paul said all this stuff, and he said, you shouldn't even dine with somebody who's like that. Jehovah's Witnesses, of course, take that to mean that you should shun them, completely ignoring the fact that in the next letter, Paul reversed course and said, I apologize, that was way too harsh, shouldn't have said that, I heard your complaints, you shouldn't cause undue sorrow. That's what 2 Corinthians says. Well, let's talk about the rest of this from the scholar's position. The passage is a vice list that Paul employs to condemn what he sees as unethical behavior. It's a fairly generic list, but it includes two terms, male prostitutes, sodomites, that involve debated translations of two Greek words, malakoi and arsena something or other. The first, malakoi, literally means soft ones. So Paul denounces soft ones, not sodomites, soft ones. While the second term, arsenikatai something rather, literally means male betters. What mattered in first century same-sex acts between men was who was in the active position and who was in the passive position. Thus, the translation difficulties for modern translators. While male prostitutes is arguably a good translation for malakoi, Sodomites is arguably a poor translation for arsenicati, I guess, as it involves the history and use of the word and its connection to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In my view, a better, if colloquial, translation of the two related terms would be something like male prostitutes and the men who hire their services. Regardless, this passage illustrates that Paul does not envision committed same-sex relationships between adults. So all that nonsense... 1 Timothy 1, 9-10 is basically a copy of 1 Corinthians 6, 9, effectively. It's all the same arguments. I don't have to cover 1 Timothy 1, 9-10 because all the same stuff applies. Same words and everything. Anyways, now that we have that context, it should become a lot clearer how David Barton was twisting the verses around to fit his own interests, to make it out as though he's happy that Gay people are dying or something. Like, how sick is that? What did Jesus say about any of this? He said nothing about the gay community. Nothing. But he did say, to get into the kingdom of God, you must love your fellow man. Treat your neighbor like yourself. That is how you get in. Is this treating your neighbor like yourself? Is this loving your fellow man? Is this giving your fellow man water when they're thirsty, feeding them when they're hungry? Is that something David Barton even stands for? This hard-right Republican Trump super PAC leader? With a woman, lusted toward each other and did that which is wrong, receiving in their bodies the penalties due them. Now notice this, homosexuals receive in their bodies the... Yeah, he's just completely twisting it around. Doesn't say homosexuals, and it doesn't actually say receiving in their bodies the penalty due them either. I mean, this is not the first time this dude has completely warped scripture out of context. Like, completely. Mid-September 2023, he goes on Kenneth Copeland's program to talk to him about retirement. Because as a hard-right Republican, he doesn't believe in Social Security. He doesn't think anybody should be receiving any benefits of any sort, no matter what. There shouldn't be a government, effectively. He's a hard-right libertarian. He thinks the government should be abolished entirely and replaced with corporations, I guess. I don't know. 
So listen to his take on retirement here. First off, let's just make it real clear, and we can talk about it later in the week. Retirement is not a biblical concept. No, it is not. That is a pagan concept that comes from the Babylonian system. If you want to live in Egypt, you want to live in Babylon, great, retire. Mm, that's an interesting thing to say because Numbers 8, 23 to 26, yes, I did the research for this, says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This applies to the Levites. From 25 years old and upward, they shall come to do duty in the service of the tent of meeting. And from the age of 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duty of the service and serve no more. They minister to their brothers in the tent of meeting by keeping guard, but they shall not do service. Thus shall you do to the Levites in assigning their duties. Sounds like retirement to me. I don't know like when the word retire, like the actual word was created, probably in the, I don't know, 1700s or something like that. I'm not even sure, but it, it's describing the concept of retiring here. Numbers 8, 23 to 26. How does it get clear? This guy's just lying. He's just flat out. You know what? There, the Bible describes what this guy's doing, actually. Bearing false witness against your neighbor. Commandment number nine. That's what he's doing. God's people, God is, that is not a model. So we can talk about that. But one of the great indications that something is not part of what God wants is the fruit that accompanies it. And one of the things I've always believed is Deuteronomy 6.24, he says, everything I tell you is for your benefit, that you can enjoy a long life, yes. that you can prosper. And so if we see something in the way of statistics or science that shows that we don't have a long life, that will diminish our life, then we know that's not part of what God wanted us to and do. And there's a reason behind it. And there's a reason behind it. And it what is he even saying? He's saying, he's okay, so he claims the Bible didn't have a concept for retirement. And which is false, obviously. And then he used that premise to springboard into the Bible condemns retirement. That's like you're seeing how he's like completely twisting this around. Right. Is it just me? Shakira Freeman never used to realize how political these pastors really are. Yeah. I didn't want to get into politics on my channel. Originally, I avoided it like the plague until I started seeing this. What do I do with this? How can I possibly stay out of politics when this is what's happening? This guy is chief propagandist of the evangelical movement right now. And the evangelical movement is the rudder that steers the ship of the Republican Party. Effectively, he is the chief propagandist for the Republican Party in practice. The statistics indicate that whatever that is, is not God's plan for you because what he plans for you is long life, prosperity, etc. So when you see something that diminishes your life, here's the deal. Insurance actuaries, as of just a few months ago, talking to, to a minister you and I really know well, and he had just checked with the insurance actuaries again. Okay, now hang on. So how many degrees of separation are we off now? He says, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows this data. So we're like three or two degrees of separation off from a guy that knows this information, right? I mean, have you ever played the game telephone? The more degrees added, the more people in the mix, the more muddled and confused it gets. Unless I see the data myself, I have learned not to trust a word out of this dude's mouth, not one. So I'm sorry, man, you're gonna have to show me the data. And guess what? I went in search of this data that he's talking about here, that he's about to bring up. 
couldn't find a lick of evidence of its existence. Dude is completely full of it. Now listen to what the claim is here. I just checked with the insurance actuaries again. Um, I checked on it about 10 years ago and it was this way, it's still this way now 10 years later. The average length of time that a person lives after they retire is 2.4 years. Because what that is, I'm is that true? Couldn't find any evidence for it. I have to assume he's lying. What else do I do with this? You know, so he's saying when people retire, when they stop working, they die within two years. That is a tall claim. How did you even make that calculation? Are you using an average or are you using a median? We will never know because he's not giving us the data. He just comes out here and says whatever, guns blazing. Just whatever. He, do he doesn't even care because he knows people on Kenneth Copeland's show are going to believe him, whatever it is that he says. So looking forward to quitting and doing nothing. I am so looking forward to finally having your body says, oh, you want to do nothing? Great. Let's just shut down. Just yeah, exactly. You shouldn't do nothing, but you shouldn't be forced to work to provide for yourself. That's why Social Security exists, to help people in need to guarantee that they won't be completely destitute when they're old and when they can't work anymore. When you retire, you should find a hobby. You should find something you enjoy. You should golf or you should have a collection or you should do bike riding or hiking or whatever, something you enjoy. Should you sit at home and rot in a chair for the rest of your life? No, absolutely not. But you're, you're seeing like how he's completely warped this. We started out with a lie. Retirement is not in the Bible. That's simply false. It is. And he moved that to the Bible condemns retirement. And then he mixes in some data that there's no evidence even exists that when you retire, you die within two years, two and a half years or whatever. Have no clue if that's even true. And he conflates retirement with not doing anything anymore, just sitting on your chair and never getting out of it ever again for the rest of your life. He's like feeding in falsehood after falsehood after falsehood and ends up on this pillar of nonsense. This is how he builds all of his propagandistic arguments. And he's, you remember what we talked about at the beginning, right? He's best friends with Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House. And really the, the conservative Christian pro-life, pro-marriage movement, I think Mike has a, a better grounded biblical worldview. Now, I don't want you to get, like, concerned about this. I don't want you to, like, eat yourself alive with fear or worry or whatever. We are winning. People to the left of hunting the homeless for sport are winning. The right has stepped in it one too many times, particularly with the abortion issue. They really screwed themselves over with that one. And they just keep taking L after L after L. So I don't want you to like freak out about it or something because it's not even worth freaking out about. But it is worth drawing attention to this. It is worth talking about how this guy creates his arguments and putting it on record. How much of a brazen, what, what, what was it the Bible said? A brazen false witness bearer this guy is. To quote the ninth commandment. It's just absurd, man. Absolutely absurd. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon and take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. 
Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this, and Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last, so you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.